You may be seated. I'm going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 45 here in just a moment. Isaiah 45, if you'd like to open your Bibles there. A series for our Easter season I've entitled Songs of Victory. Down through the years, there have been many songs that have been written that have been victorious for children of God. And how often have we maybe sung them without really sensing the victory involved and how God has used people to deliver a message to us uh, that we can truly rejoice in and be glad about. If you look out in the Old Testament, you'll find that there were many songs that were written that were songs of victory after great battles. I want you to know that life in itself, for many who are trying to stand for the Lord and be uh, basically an ambassador for Him on the earth, that there are many times that we have experienced tremendous victory. We ought to be rejoicing and thanking God for the victories that we have received in Him. But I want to highlight a few songs throughout this uh, time, these next four weeks, and we're going to be talking about them a little bit, but mainly looking into the Word of God to see the biblical teaching that we find recorded there. And the, today, as we sang a moment ago, Oh, What a Savior, is the one I really want to focus on for just a moment. And I want to just thank the Lord for that song. Debbie knows that's one of my favorite songs. I told her one time, you know, I want that song sung at my funeral. It basically focuses on uh, Jesus, and I don't know if that will come to pass or not. I don't know if I'm ever going to have a funeral, first of all, and if I do, I don't know if that will be one of the songs or not, but for a long time, it's been one of my favorite songs. As a matter of fact, in Bible school, I was teaching young kids one time at Vacation Bible School, and we made plaques. We put songs on the plaque. We burnt the edges, you know, made copies, obviously, out of the hymn book and, and cut it out, burnt the edges, and then decoupaged the song on the plaque, and the one I chose was, Oh, What a Savior. You know, it's not a song about me, and it's not really a song about people, but it's a song about Jesus, who gave his lifeblood for even me. Even though I didn't deserve that, even though there was nothing I could ever do to earn that, Jesus Christ gave his life for me. And so today I want to think about that, and, and I want you to think about Jesus and how he is our Savior as we read through Isaiah 45 here from beginning verse 18. The Bible says, And thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. And there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you who have escaped from the nations. You have knowledge who carry the wood of their carved image 
and pray to the God that cannot save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told this from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is none other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, Surely in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come and shall be ashamed. We are incensed against him. In the Lord all the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. There are a lot of gods out in the world that people have set up for themselves. They have established gods. Some of you have gods. I guess at all, at some time or another, there are things that we put before God that we let become our God. But the Bible declares that there is no God like our Savior. He is the one and the Almighty God, the true God, a just God, and a Savior, he says. And he says, there is none beside me. If you're looking somewhere else to find deliverance, to find victory, to find success in life, and believe me, there are a lot of different paths you can go down, I want to remind you that only God is going to be able to meet your needs. Only God is going to be able to change your life. Only God is going to be able to fill the void that is within you. And we often need to be reminded of that because in our flesh, we think we can fill that need ourselves. And we scurry about in life trying to fill all of our needs and fulfill our desires and make everything good when we know and it has been declared here in this passage that it is only through God, through Jesus, our Savior. So, oh, what a Savior. He is described beautifully throughout this passage. I want to share a few things about that. Basically, coming from the song, and the first stanza of that song says, Once I was straying... In sin's dark valley, no hope within could I see. He came from heaven, my blessed Savior, to save a poor, lost soul like me. I don't know about you, but I can certainly relate to the first verse of that song. And I am so grateful that God sent his son Jesus to the earth to save a poor, lost soul like me. You know, there really is nothing special in me. There is nothing at all that might would cause God to, to think, well, you know, I want to reach down and save that guy. 
But His love is so far beyond our comprehension. And His love is for each and every one of us. And He chose to send His Son to save us all. Beautiful song, beautiful words. And so I want us to think about why He is such a wonderful Savior. First of all, because He gives hope to the hopeless. He gives hope to the hopeless. As it says there in the passage, I was straying in sin's dark valley. No hope within could I see. No hope. I don't know if you've ever sensed that or not. Or if you've ever felt like there was no hope for you. You know, there are millions of people in the United States today who feel like there is no hope. They feel like there is no way that their lives could ever be helped or improved. They feel very trapped. They feel lonesome. They feel like it is futile and useless to continue on. There are many, many, many people who commit suicide every year. And the reason that they do that, the number one reason is because they lose all hope. They don't see that tomorrow could be better. They don't see that there's an answer to the problem that they're having or the struggles that they have in life. But reality is that Jesus, our Savior, what a Savior He is, He's that wonderful because He gives hope to the hopeless. A note was written and dated July the 4th, 1863. That bottle has been capped and in a museum for quite a long time, actually until 2010, and it's from the Civil War. It has a six-line message that was encrypted, so you couldn't just open it and read it. It was dated July the 4th, 1863. It was written by a Confederate commander on the west side of the Mississippi River at Vicksburg. Across the river was Lieutenant General John C. Pemberton. This note was written in his in a response to his request. They were hurting. It was tough times. They needed troops. They needed food. They they needed help desperately. And the note was finally uh, you know decoded. And it said something like this. I can't help you. I have no troops. I have no supplies. I have no way to get over there. The note offered no hope and no help. And reinforcements were not on the way. Interestingly enough, Pemberton never received the note. But on that very same day, he surrendered to Ulysses S. Grant because he had no options and no hope. Can't imagine how they felt that day, extremely and totally defeated. His cry for help was pointless. And it reminds me of the fact that my God 
my Savior, has his ear open to us. And he never replies to us, I can't help. He never says, no, I, I can't help you. He always says, you come to me, you humble yourself before me, and I will change your life. You know, we may not, we, sometimes we ask God to do things that are just ridiculous, and we're just put off because God doesn't answer those things. But when we really find ourselves in desperation and we are genuinely seeking, God is there and he's not turning his back on us. So as we walk through life and as we struggle with life, we need to be reminded that God is there and that God is a God of hope. In Ephesians 2 and 12... It says that at that time you were without Christ, describing those who have never come to Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now you might feel like you have no hope, but you are truly hopeless if you do not have God. If you have never responded to the call of Jesus in your life, you are hopeless. There's only one help for you. So verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's a one-time hopeless. Now you've found the answer. Maybe you are in despair because of your condition and your separation From God, but let me tell you, he has the answer. And it is Jesus, his son. So he is a wonderful savior. What a savior he is because he has forgiven the vilest sinner. He's forgiven the vilest sinner. Now you may think, well, I'm too bad. I've heard that before. You know, I've gone too far. I'm too bad. God's not interested in changing me. God is not interested in helping me. I think that would be an extremely rare case, if even possible. I would say to you today that God is willing, no matter how bad you have been, to welcome you and to give you forgiveness. The song originally used the word vilest sinner there in the second stanza to make the vilest sinner clean. Well, vile just doesn't sound good, does it? I mean, you think of something that is vile, that is pretty bad. It is despicable. It is abhorrent. Repulsive. Those are words that describe something that is vile. And from God's perspective, that's the way our sins are. And while the world may embrace sin, and the world might think that sin is okay, 
The fact is, sin is vile to God. Jesus' words to the Apostle Paul in Acts 26, 17, he says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. He was commissioning Paul to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. God's telling, Jesus is telling Paul, you know, I'm sending you to a vile people. I'm sending you to some people who don't care. They don't, they don't love me. They are immoral. They are an ungodly. They're not at all concerned about their eternal destiny. That's the kind of people I'm sending you to. Do you know any people like that? Do you know any people at school like that? I mean, they don't even have a concern about their destiny or about what's going to happen as a result of their conduct. You know people like that at work? People in your family? I mean, they don't, they don't get it. They don't care. So Jesus said, I'm sending you to those people. And why would he send them there? So that they might receive the forgiveness of their sins. Now today, uh, I rejoice in the forgiveness of my sins. One thing you know is that I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, you can say the same thing. Because it is in Him that we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So we have this forgiveness. God is not going to hold our sin against us. The Bible tells us that it is removed as far as the east is from the west. The Bible reminds us that God has wiped our sins away, washed them with the blood. We have forgiveness. What a Savior who would do that for me. And then he is uh, such a Savior because he, has, he gives assurance in death. And even in dark situations. And we're acquainted with that, aren't we? I mean, there are times of darkness in your life, times of difficulty, times when maybe you're wringing your hands and you're wondering where to turn and what's going to happen. As time goes on, we may see more and more of that. As we get older and older, we kind of embrace more and more of that and we we just wonder about life and sometimes it seems dark and, and dismal. But I'm reminded that David had that kind of assurance as a shepherd as he wrote the song, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, he said. Because in that shepherd he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What assurance was given to David to know that even in dark times, God was there. Barnes writes in his notes in regard to this, the valley of death, he said, God will lead and guide me in the path of righteousness. 
even though the path lies through the darkest and most gloomy vale, through deep and dismal shades, in regions where there is no light, as if death had cast his dark and baleful shadow there. It is still a right path. It is a path of safety. And it will conduct me to the bright regions beyond. In that dark and gloomy valley, though I could not guide myself, I will not be alarmed. I will not be afraid of wandering or of being lost. I will not fear any enemies there, for my shepherd is there to guide me still. Even though we go through tough times in life and there is difficulty and sadness and maybe darkness and gloom and there is danger all around us, our Savior cares. What a Savior. He gives assurance when we walk through that valley. The same word is used in Psalm 107 and 13. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their darkness. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. God's deliverance. God's love is so glorious for us that he would send a Savior to die on the cross. Today, what a Savior we have in Jesus. We've sang about him in many, many different songs. But in Jesus, there is victory. And that is truly a victory song because of what Jesus has given to us. I would say to you today, if your life is defeated, if you just feel like Man, I can't keep going. If your efforts and methods are failing and everything you're trying to do and to accomplish seems to be falling apart, I just want to bring you back to Jesus. I want to encourage you to come back to him, come back to his word. I would just love for you to understand that even when things are tough and dark, that Jesus promises to hold your hand and walk you through it. And if you have never met him as your personal Savior, now this is important. You know him, you know, you know Jesus, everybody knows Jesus. You heard about him. Heard about him in church, you heard about him at Christmas, you hear about him at Easter, you know Jesus. But if you have never received Jesus as your very own personal Savior, that's what the writer was writing about. My Savior. It's not that he is a Savior. He's my Savior. If he is not your Savior, if you have never repented of your sin and responded to his call in your life, today is the day to do that. 
Because the more you put it off, the easier it gets. And one day you might find yourself without a Savior in a desperate strait. He's calling you. He is the Savior. He wants to be your Savior today. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for your Son, Jesus, who lived a sinless life, who died on the cross to pay for our sins because we are sinners, who was buried and who rose again the third day. You arranged all of that for us because of your great love for us, and you want every person to take advantage of that. And if there's someone here today that has never taken advantage of that, I pray that that they would be able to sing, Oh, what a Savior, my Savior. And Father, if there are those here today who just need comfort and prayer and guidance, may they respond to you to know that your ear is open to them and you have hope for the hopeless. Thank you for loving us. We pray in Jesus' name.